morning, good Monday morning again, all you visitors and listeners and uh, visitors. I'm still in. I'm still in Sunday morning mode. Yeah, I reckon. All you viewers and listeners, it's great to have you this morning on the Beulah Bible broadcast, uh, brought to you by uh, WBSA ninety three point five. Yeah. And uh, good morning, Tony. How are you? I'm doing doing great, Jason. It's good to be <clears throat> here this morning after an awesome uh, Resurrection Sunday. He is risen. He is risen indeed. <laughs> That's exactly right. We had an awesome day yesterday. Uh, we've had an awesome weekend. We had uh, yes, we Good have. Friday service Friday. Uh, I would dare say it was the best uh, attendance on a Good Friday service that we've ever had. And I was anticipating low turnout because the weather was bad. Typically, it's a sunset service we have outdoors, like the sunrise. But we had to have it inside, and uh, we had a full house. It was a, a great yes, turnout. Yes, did. And then uh, uh, we had a great uh, sunrise service, and the Lord blessed us with good weather to be outside. It was a little cloudy, so we didn't actually see the sunrise itself, but we did see uh, the day dawn and uh, the light, you know, Mm -hmm. come, and and we had a great, great service outdoors, and it was well attended. Uh, The stands, uh, the bleachers that face east were full, and uh, that was awesome. And then a wonderful (laughs) Biscuit breakfast to follow, and uh, then we had uh, the contemporary service at 9 o'clock, and Mm -hmm. boy, y'all just did a marvelous job with some beautiful Easter songs, and the praise band did awesome. They did. We did really well. I I, I, I say it every every time I get a chance to, those those guys, Mike, Clint, TJ, Justin, Mary, Brooke, Mike, I and mean, Brooke just done a beautiful yeah, job on that duet they did. That absolutely. was a beautiful song. They are they are a blessing to lead worship with. Well, you just took us right to the throne, and and we had a a, a really really good crowd. Uh, uh, I, I guess probably the best crowd we've had uh, in uh, in the contemporary service. Good Sunday school, and then we had a record crowd for traditional service mm-hmm. in the. Easter cantata and man, it was great. We yes. had a little some bugs with the sound, and but we got those worked out. Yeah, and, we 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 missed the first two songs online, but yeah, sorry hey. about that. If you guys, but you know, again, we always say the best way to come and come and uh, worship with us is in person. What we need to do is mention to Carl that that song was was one of the ones that had to be worked on so much. They need to just come back in a few weeks and do that oh, particular yeah. song again. And let Ed, I, yeah. let Ed and Jeff do those solos. Mm-hmm. They were beautiful. They did a they, beautiful job. It was a great job. Yeah. And that's uh, they did an awesome job. Yeah. And I think that was the first time Ed had ever sung a yes, solo. Yes, it was. Yeah. So it was, that was cool. It sounded good, too. It did. Good job, Ed, if you're that's, listening. That's right. So anyway, we welcome you today. If you're joining us for the first time, we are so glad you've chosen to uh, to join us, be a part of our Monday morning uh, program and our Bible study uh, and prayer time today. Uh, we encourage you to go to our website at www.beulahbaptistboaz.com. That's B-E-U-L-A-H-B-A-P-T-I-S-T-B-O-A-Z.com. You can type in Beulah Boaz. We'll come up. You go to our website. And you can find out all that's going on here at Beulah, and there is a lot going on at Beulah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we would love for uh, you to come and visit with us in person. Uh, that's the best way to experience Beulah, but you can go to our website and go to our uh, YouTube uh, channel or our, our Facebook page, and all of our worship services are there, and you can view those uh, at your convenience, and we encourage you to do that. 
and you'll find out also the things that are going on. This week, all of the uh, activities are as usual, mm-hmm. right, Wednesday right. night? Yep. Trail Life USA Troop yep. for Boys, our American Heritage Girls Troop, then our Cubby Bears for Preschoolers. All of that's going on back to normal. We went one week, spring break, next week, Easter egg hunt where there's a thousand eggs hit. Uh, and then this week we're back to normal. So uh, yeah, all those activities for children. There's a lot going on. This then week. the youth group, they meet upstairs. The youth are planning and preparing to go on a uh, uh, a beach retreat this year, which they're excited about. So we're, mm-hmm. uh, we're, they're planning that looking forward to that. And, uh, uh, let's see what else we've got going on. Oh, well, and Wednesday night, we do have our Wednesday night meal. Yes, do we you, do. Yeah. That's why I was texting Chris about just right now. Are you seeing we find out what we got going <laughs> yeah, on? Yeah. I told him I'd text him, uh, what the menu would be at 1130, but if you'll be uh, watching out on our Facebook page, uh, we will have that. Um, I will put that menu out on Facebook uh, either did, this did. afternoon or tomorrow. Hilburn's Catering does a fab- Absolutely. fabulous job. So, uh, yes, they do. We, yeah. I've missed them. I mean, I've missed those good meals. Not that y'all didn't weeks. do a good job with the hot dogs last week. I heard hey, those hot dogs. Yeah. You and Darren did a, a splendid job with the well, hot yeah, dogs. Well, yeah. It's, it's, can't mess up a can't, hot dog. Can't mess up a hot dog. I like my hot dogs a little burnt. That's the way most of them were because I had my grill and just a charcoal grill. I, it was on high because I was trying to get as much of them done as quickly as possible. I, I like them. I like, that's I like my bologna. And Bobby oh, Noel, yeah. Bobby, boy, those bologna biscuits uh, Easter Sunday morning were absolutely fantastic. Yes, they were. I had, to get, I had to get one. That's the first bologna biscuit, Bobby Dole bologna biscuit oh, I've ever had. They're special. It, yeah, oh, yes. They're it lived special. up to its name. They're special. So uh, we, we've had a great weekend, as you can tell by listening to us. And we're excited about this week. This coming week, we mm-hmm. are having our uh, conference uh, that's geared toward families and educating parents on what's going on in our culture today. So next Sunday, Cleet Hux will be with us. He is the uh, president of the Apologetics Resource Center, uh, in Birmingham, and he's going to be coming and sharing with us about a lot of things that are going on in the world today, the homosexual revolution, uh, the uh, transgender agenda, uh, uh, critical race theory, and intersectionality, and, and, and those impacts, uh, how they impact our families and our children, cultural Marxism, and what that has to do with society today, the word faith movement, the Enneagram, uh, the the massive explosion of the uh, Wiccan uh, witch movement in our own community. You're going to want to come and be a part of that. We're going to be posting on our website, on our Facebook page, uh, on our uh, the, the times of this event, and, and you'll be able to see uh, when you can come. We'd love for you to come to each and every one of these, but we encourage you to uh, uh, to come and and learn about how America became pagan and how you can better understand these things that are happening in our culture and how you can defend against them, how you can help to raise your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So we, we encourage you to be with us. This is going to begin next Sunday, 9 a.m. He'll speak in the contemporary service. Then during the uh, 10 a.m. hour, uh, the Sunday school hour, he'll be speaking to the adults at, in the sanctuary at 11 a.m., He'll share what he shared at the 9 a.m. service uh, for the traditional service, and then that evening at 6 p.m., and then each night thereafter, 6 p.m. Cleet will also be on this program 
next Monday. Monday, okay. So he's going to be Good here deal. with us, and we'll be able to interview him yeah. and talk to him uh, about his ministry down there and about the week, and we'll be talking about uh, the different uh, um, topics and when he's going to be covering those topics next Monday. So you'll want to tune in next Monday, 1035, uh, to hear uh, from uh, Cleet Hux, our speaker, next week. So that's coming up next Sunday, and we'll run through next Wednesday night. So that's the dates are the 16th through the 19th of April. Right, 16th through the 19th, 6 o'clock, which is a little different. And we're going to have uh, uh, child care every night, mm-hmm. uh, nursery, and then children up to like seven, seven years, years old. Yeah. yeah, that's what we're – because – we and, and they're going to be, you know, learning some Bible lessons and things with some great uh, – uh, children's teachers in the back. And this will all take place in the Family Life Center, by the way. So yeah. just to let you know about that. Yeah, so if you come up here to Beulah for this conference, please, if you go to the sanctuary, nobody will be there. That's right. So come to the Family Life Center, which is in the back of the campus mm-hmm. where where the uh, – Easy to find. The big yeah, building the on big the back side next to the playground, and that's where the cars will be parked, and that's uh, – where you'll find the things that are going on. Now we will have a Wednesday night meal yes, next week. We will have a Wednesday and night we'll meal. eat at five and then we'll have our conference at six. So mm-hmm. uh we may have some snacks and coffee and drinks that every night. We're working on that. So anyway. But we we hope you come and join us. It will be very enlightening and uh, uh very very needful. Uh, any other announcements? Let's see. It seems like there's something I'm forgetting, but I you know, I'm thinking that's that's it. That's it. That's okay. really the big thing coming up this week is well, the conference. We've got a lot of things to pray for today. I think uh, Brother Henry Finley's having a, a heart procedure today, right? No, it's just a stress test and uh, stress some test. some other stuff. Just some other tests. Well, we want to pray for him. He's he's having some heart issues, and we got several others. We want to lift up in prayer. We want to lift up your needs in prayer today. So if you would, would you bow with us where you are? And let's uh, join our hearts together in prayer, uh, talking to the Lord about the needs of our community and our church. Let's pray. Father, we bow before you, thanking you for the privilege and power of prayer. Thanking you for the great services we've had this weekend, celebrating uh, the resurrection of our Savior. And Lord, that, that you are a living Savior and you're with us even today. And, and you're right here with us in this studio. You're right there with those that are listening, that are joining us. And uh, what an awesome God you are. And we thank you, Lord, for the power of prayer, for the uh, joy of prayer, and, and the privilege of prayer. And we lift up to you the needs of our listeners today. There are many out there that we know are joining us via Facebook and YouTube and and uh, WBSA. And, and Lord, we just pray for those needs that you'd just grant grace and you'd meet those needs according to your goodwill. And you know uh, the hearts of those that are broken because of struggles. And we just pray, Lord, for those needs today that you would... Uh, that you would intervene, that you would bless even in the most difficult circumstances. Bless in the Bible study today that it might be a strength to the listener and also to us this morning, Lord, as uh, we seek to teach your truth and proclaim uh, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right.
let's see here. We've got about 25 minutes for Bible study. And uh, we've been talking about the doctrine of sanctification. We've spent a lot of time on this doctrine, and I so want to get to glorification, and I, I, I assure you we will because I can't wait to get to it. In fact, I can't wait to get to heaven. That's what glorification is all about is when we get to heaven, we get to glory, and we are in our new glorified body. And our, our glorified body will be like the body of Christ when he was resurrected Whew, there's a lot to study right there. But we're studying about sanctification, and we've been talking about prayer, and we've been talking about the prayers of Jesus and how he teaches us to pray and how prayer is not just a monologue where we're talking to God and we're uh, asking him for our needs, but it's a dialogue where we speak to God mm -hmm. and where we hear from God. And some ask, well, how do we hear from God? We hear from God through his word. And... I pray that you hear from God today as we look into his word. So uh, I'm going to ask you if you've got your Bibles there at home to turn to the book of Job. And we're going to talk about uh, old, old Job and what the book of Job is about. And uh, well, let me just ask the question here to Jason. And I have prepped Jason again today, so there's no telling what he's liable to come out with. But uh, if when I say, if I were to ask you, what is the book of Job about, Jason? What is the, the theme or, or um, what's the overall message of Job? What would you say to that? <clears throat> it's right off the top of my head, whenever I read the book of Job, yeah. the one thing that I always, that always just comes, comes, to the forefront of my mind is why. Yeah. And the answer you get is because. Yeah. Uh the book of Job, from what I from what I see is is mainly geared like what we're talking about. And I think the reason we spend so much time on sanctification is because that's what our entire life is about once you become that's a Christian right. to the time you die. So there's a long period for most of sanctification. And and the book of Job is a book of prayer. It's a book of of getting your heart right with God, mm -hmm. and we can't explain or understand sometimes why God does what He does. Mm -hmm. But we just have to trust Him and continue to have faith in Him, right? And, and that's what I see in the Book of Job, right? I mean, I know that's a that's kind of a general, well, that's what general way to you know we're general gonna, way because the whole Bible's that way. Yes, right. But just this specific book but is so book. much. Do this is I, a book that the uh, uh, the Word of Faith movement don't like to study. Okay, no. the Word of Faith movement believes that if you speak it, you can have it. If you just speak the words, if you uh, if you claim it in faith, then then you can have it. And uh, they they believe that if you go through sickness or suffering, it's because you have sinned. And that's where I want to begin here with Job. And and Job just just to to put it out there, the book of Job is about sanctification. Um, it's about how God works his process of, of, uh, of, of cleansing us, of molding us and making us into his image through the struggles of life. And the interesting thing about Job is just this. Look at Job chapter 1, verse 1. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright, 
one who feared God and turned away from evil. So there's a verse of scripture that, that these uh, uh, so-called Bible teachers, preachers, uh, television preachers, that that they have a problem dealing with, and that is you have a righteous man who's about to suffer uh, incredibly, and 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 there's no uh, rhyme or reason. No, no real reason. No sin. I mean, no, I mean in our carnal mind, there's I mean, no he, rhyme or reason he's why he's living should go a godly this. life. You look at Job; <clears throat> he's not perfect, mind you. The Bible don't say he's perfect. There's nobody perfect. There's none perfect but one, and that's the Lord Jesus. Uh, but he's a man who's living a godly life and praying daily, pray for his family daily. That's there. He's got these friends that come, Elphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. They come and they say, you've got to have some kind of secret sin. Mm-hmm. But there is no secret sin. Right. I mean, there's the sin that we all deal with, and it's in it's in here uh, uh, in several places. Job brings it up, and it's the sin of pride. Yeah. Uh, which is I don't what, think which, Job, is, which is I believe what all sin stems from. You're right. I think everything kind of emanates from that. So we all deal with that. I, Job even confesses that he dealt with it. Uh, but to watch him and to see him live, you'd see a righteous man, an upright man, and you would say, why, why would uh, why would God first of all allow this kind of uh, uh, suffering? And, and and let's just let's just read. Uh, and this is a hard book for most churches. Oh yeah, N- not a lot of churches like to preach from this book. That's true. And and, and I, you know, I'm I'm gonna tell you something. I find great strength in the Book of Job. I find great uh, comfort. You say, how how could you? Uh, well, th- let's just read a little further here. Now, look, it says here. It says. There were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He possessed 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and very many servants, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. His son used to go and hold a feast in the house of each on on his day, and they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And the... And when the days of the feast had run their course, Job would send and consecrate them, and he would rise early in the morning and burn offerings according to the number of them all and offer burnt offerings according to the number. For Job said, It may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did it continually. He's... I don't see them in sin, but maybe there's some sin in their hearts. So I'm going to be offering sacrifice for them. I'm going to be praying for them. And that's the way Job lived. He he was such a dedicated man of God. And I want you to listen to this next part. This is what mystifies a lot of people. He uh, would rise early in the morning yes. every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. every day and pray for his kids and offer sacrifice to, for them. That's when God required it once a year yeah. during this time. Did it every day. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered uh, the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. Now, 
this is this is uh, a lot of folks get into a, a lot of deep theological questions here, and they miss the whole point. So let me cover some of that theology for you, and then before we get into the real message here, some people say, how could Satan be in heaven? God allows Satan to approach him, but Satan's not in heaven. He's been thrown out of heaven. Jesus said that. He saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And some people believe Satan's abode or home is in hell. <laughs> not so. Uh, not yet. Not yet. That's right. Very good, Jason. His abode or his home is right here on earth. And uh, that's what it says right here. Where have you been? Where have you come from? Going to and fro on the earth. That's what he does. Uh, and 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 he's here, and God has allowed him, uh, you know, this time. And some would say, why? And again, it goes back to what we're discussing. God is using him in his wickedness to help purify and sanctify his people. And that's the reason God has about to allow Satan to do what he's doing to Job. There's a purification and sanctification process that God desires to work in Job. And therefore, he's about to allow Satan to just uh, rain down all manner of catastrophe on Job. But listen to what the Word says. Uh, He's going to and fro on the earth. Let's see, where did I get to? Verse 8. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Even God suggested, okay? And that's some people say, that's incredible. Why would God suggest that again, I go back to the answer of what we're talking about is sanctification. And I'm going to tell you something. God has our best in mind. So many times when we're raising our children, we have to allow them to experience hard things. We have to allow them to, uh, you know, suffer to, to, to be strengthened by it. You know, that old saying, no pain, no gain. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to go through some struggle to, uh, to get stronger. And that's what, I mean, because we live in, you know, fallen uh, fleshly bodies that are filled with wickedness, God have God has to bring all manner of struggle, trouble, and trial to wring us out like a dirty dish rag. You know, if you've got a, a dish rag that's, that's just filled with filth and dirt and, and, and you, you run that thing full of water, and then you wring it out, and you see all the dirt and stuff fall from it. But guess what? You run it full of water again, you wring that thing out, there's more dirt that comes out. So you got to go through that process several times. It's the same yeah. in the sanctifying process of uh, a Christian. And, and so here we have, uh, and the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and says, Did Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. In other words, is is Job's Faith, real? Job only loves you because you've given him so much. 
Job well, only loves you because you're the genie of his life. There you go. You've, he's rubbed that lamp and you've given him everything that he wants. So many people, that's that's how they think of God. And they turn from God when things don't go well. Yeah. Um, but stretch out your hand, touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. In other words, you can do everything but kill, Job. I'm going to pull the hedge of protection. <laughs> oh, and then it started happening. Uh, let's just look before we get over into the book. Now, there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking, were drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and there mm -hmm. came a messenger to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them, and the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, the Chaldeans formed three groups and made a raid on the camels and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young people, and and they are dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Now think about that. You, some people look at that and they say, that's no way that could happen. Let me tell you something. In a moment, uh, a catastrophe like a hurricane or a tornado can ravage a community. And in the midst of that, family members may be serving in the military off to war and, and suddenly... Uh, their lives are snuffed out in an instant. And all of this can happen in a matter of, of days, weeks, and even in a matter of hours. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next breath. We're not promised safety. We're not promised anything like that. As a matter of fact, because of our sinfulness, we deserve such even worse. And we find all of this horror raining down on uh, Job. Some people... Uh, wonder why did that tornado came through and destroy that quaint little town in Mississippi and they're going through so much. And we saw the same happen here in Boaz Albertville area. And we've saw uh, families tragically, uh, you know, lives snuffed out in a, a terrible tornado. And the question is why? And it happens all in an instant, just, just in, in minutes. Uh, and here we find this happens here. And, and all, suddenly all of his children, uh, they're dead. And that's the greatest suffering a person can go through is mm -hmm. to see um, their children suffer or to lose their children. Yeah, That's the greatest pain. And that's the reason... We need to see that when, when we quote that verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We That becomes so rote, routine, memorized, we don't realize that God suffered great pain by giving his only son 
and seeing the death of his son and then being separated from his son because his son took on my sin and yours. Uh, unbelievable pain that God went through, that Christ went through, that uh, uh, you know we, we need to recognize. And, and, and what Job was going through here was the death of his children and, uh, and all of them. You know, there's none left but his wife. And uh, she, she, I'll go ahead and kind of skip to it here. She said, why don't you just curse God and die? Uh, she's, she's kind of blaming God for all this. Mm-hmm. So you've got all this has happened. And then somebody says, why don't you just curse God and die and turn on the Lord? Um, verse, Job sees something. Oh, he's not, he he knows someone. Is what, oh, absolutely. What the, what the, the, thing the whole is, thing is, <laughs> you, I'm going to tell you something. And here's where the prayer comes in. And you, he, one of the things we don't recognize here, and Jason hit on it a while ago, Job is a book of prayer. We don't think about Job being a book of prayer. Psalms, oh yeah, it's a book of prayer. You know, Job is a book of prayer. And it's a book of talking to the Lord and hearing with the Lord and interacting with the Lord. And we see that. We see that back and forth. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. Yeah. Now, what are you? You're our worship leader. You help us worship, Jason. When we don't, when we're in the bottom. We don't feel like it. Yeah. And there's, I'm going to be honest with you, there's many Many Sundays were maybe not here, but in my 20 years of, of, of leading worship, there have been many Sundays I haven't felt like it either. Yeah. Do you think he felt like it here? No. Yeah. But well, you know what he done? He said, what I need to do is worship. And you know what? It helped. It gave him strength. It let him know where his source of security was. Because no matter how you feel, no matter what's happened, no matter how you feel, it's very, very important when things like that, when you don't feel God near you, that could be the times that he's the closest and you need to just worship yeah. regardless because your feelings are one thing, but you need to go back to love, which is not a feeling. That's right. It's that's a choice no matter what happens. That's exactly It's a right. choice. That's exactly right. Love God and worship. Well, yesterday I shared at the... Uh, uh, sunrise service. We sung some different hymns. Normally, we sing those resurrection hymns, and I love those. And we sang those yesterday. But uh, at uh, at the sunrise service, we sang "Victory in Jesus," and I said we're going to sing a different song that we've never sang out here. I said it's one of my favorite old hymns. Uh, in fact, it was written by uh, Anthony uh, Johnson Showalter. Many of you will recognize that name, A.J. Showalter Music Publishing Company out of Dalton, Georgia, that eventually got moved to Boaz. And he wrote the song, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms, in 1887. And I told the group yesterday, I said, can you imagine Beulah was organized, constituted in 1882, 
And about five years later, the music director gets up there and said, I got a brand new contemporary song I want us all to learn and sing today. <laughs> and he pulls out Leaning on the Everlasting Arms, written in 1887 by A.J. Showalter. And I have a personal relationship with A.J. Showalter because when I was growing up, I'd go to music schools, singing schools, they call learned how to read music beat time. And I learned from an A.J. Showalter singing school book. I have one in my library now. Um, so to study about this is incredible. And that's a part of our book too, by the way. I have some of that history in the history book and they're still available. There's only a few boxes left. So if you want a history book of our community, uh, you need to call the church office uh, for a $30 donation to the cemetery replacing that archway. You can get you a history book. Now, there's the commercial. But uh, back to the uh, to the song uh, and, and what we're talking about here uh, in Job. He wrote that song, uh, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. You see, he stayed in close contact with all of his pupils. A.J. Showalter taught music, taught worship, how to lead worship, mm -hmm. how to take people to the very throne of God through singing. And all of his pupils would stay in close contact with him. And two of them, two of the young men had sent him letters. And while he was doing a singing school in Hartsville, Alabama, he received these letters. And both of them had shared that their wives had died. It wasn't... Uh, uncommon for a wife that had become pregnant to die in childbirth. And so these two men who had been at his singing school, both of them's wives had died and, and they were broken. They were grieving. He said, went right straight to God's word. In Deuteronomy, where it talks about the everlasting arms that are under us, and he's began to write the the uh the chorus to that beautiful song. And I, I wish that I brought it with me, but I didn't. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, uh, a beautiful quote about the everlasting arms. He talks about how no matter how low we go, no matter how deep the depths of struggle we find ourselves sorrow, in, yeah. sorrow, grief, mm -hmm. pain, the everlasting arms of the Lord Jesus is under us to hold us up. And that's the way it was with Job. And let me tell you something. If we go through great struggle and we meet God and we learn of him and aspects of him that we would have never known any other way, wouldn't it be worth it? I he love was literally stripping Job of everything but him. That's exactly right. And, when, and, it, when, it, when it had Job, when he got Job to the point of saying, you are all I have, Lord. Yeah, and and, and you are all I need. Exactly. Is it, well, and there's a point we need to get to. Mm -hmm. We are so materialistic. We are so spoiled, rotten. We are so focused on money and convenience and all the things that 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 we think make life grand. Let me tell you something. All of that can be wiped out in a moment. It was for Job. It could be for us. It it has been for a lot of people. They, and you wonder why these are good people. Why did this happen? And it happens so that we can say like Job did right here. I want to read to you one of the most powerful verses in all of the Bible, and one that to me gives such great strength. And I want to close with that. We're just right at the end of the broadcast today. But it's in Job 13, 15. I want you to listen to what Job says here. 
Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Though King James Version said, though he slay me, slay me, yet I will trust him. In other words, if God brings us to the point of even death, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust God because he loves me and he's got me. And I know that everything he brings about in my life is for my good because I'm his child and he's my heavenly father. So keep that in mind today. May you have a blessed day. But if you have struggles, know that his everlasting arms are under you. God bless you. We love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Have a great week.